welcome to the Essential Self-Care Podcast, where we talk about all things self-care for those of us who are, let's face it, too busy for self-care. It's time to bring that same compassion that you offered everyone else in your life to yourself as well. In this podcast, you'll hear real life stories of how self-care transformed people's lives as they were going through life's storms. You'll learn practical, actionable tools to begin the self-care journey yourself as well. Because like I always say, small changes make a large impact. I'm your host, Dr. Sheetal Ajmani. I'm a physician, best-selling author, and the founder of Radiant Living Institute, where I guide people to get unstuck and learn to live radiantly again. Through my signature program, Reclaim Your Radiance, you'll reclaim your worth, renew your energy, and restore your happiness in your life, career, and relationships. To get started, download your free guidebook, Six Simple Yet Powerful Steps to Create Your Radiant Life at RadiantLivingInstitute.com. Quick disclaimer before we get started, the information in this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not medical advice. Always seek the advice of your own medical practitioner and or mental health provider about your specific situation. Now, let's get started. Today, I have the pleasure of welcoming back to the Essential Self-Care Podcast, my friend and colleague, Dr. Heather Moday. Dr. Moday is a functional medicine physician, the founder of the Moday Center, and author of The Immunotype Breakthrough. We share the same approach and mindset that health is not just the absence of disease, but is a state of vitality, and I would also say radiance. While she works with people facing a variety of health concerns, she has a special interest in helping women in midlife improve their brain function and productivity. Today, Dr. Moday is going to share her expertise on the use of digital detox as a modality of self-care to reduce stress and anxiety. I'm so excited to dive into this topic with you, Dr. Moday. Welcome to the Essential Self-Care Podcast. Thank you. It's a really pleasure to be here. For those of you who don't know, Dr. Moday was on a few weeks ago. She shared a bit about her self-care journey. Today, she's going to share her expertise on the use of digital detox as a tool for self-care to help reduce stress and anxiety. So Dr. Moday, why do you feel like, well, first of all, can you share a little bit about what digital detox is for our listeners? And then why you feel that this is an important topic and tool to share with our listeners today about about their own self-care. Right. So, I mean, if you live on the planet, (laughs) you understand that a very large majority of us are attached to our phones or tablets or computers, but I would say phones is probably the biggest because they can do just about everything. And, you know, there has been a lot of research and data over the past several years showing that our dependency or in some cases almost addiction to digital media in particular is really, really can be super detrimental and it can actually significantly cause a lot of health problems and mental health problems. And so I see this as an area that a lot of us can really improve in. And I have seen it really in my patients help a lot when we we take a little bit of a break. That's wonderful. And I agree with you. I think this is such an important topic. And you're right. You know, the phone is, it's something that we tend to carry with us mm-hmm. all day long. <laughs> and so it's very easy to just pull it out of your pocket or your purse, or if it's even in your pocket or your purse, usually it's in our hand. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, and just pull it out and start looking at apps, start scrolling through social media, basically using it for anything, but actually making a phone call, right? Right. The mm-hmm. whole concept of a phone has changed 
mm-hmm. dramatically in the past 10, 15, 30 years, right? With the advent of all of this technology. And also I think knowing that, I think a lot of us, Ken, and I encourage our listeners, even right now while you're listening to think about how you feel when you do spend a lot of time on engaging in digital media, right? Or scrolling uh, social media or any of that, just think about how you feel. And I think it can also be helpful then to just know that there's actually science behind the addictive nature of many of these apps and such, and that it's actually created in that way, in in many ways, and that there's science and research behind how that affects, as you mentioned, our health and our mental health as well. I think it can just be helpful because it validates and maybe gives gives people also a reason to understand or a way, another way to understand how they're feeling through using that media. Can you share a little bit more about that or or some of the science behind it as well? So, you know, since sort of the advent of just say, say the smartphone, right? I don't know, that was like 2008, 2009. But even since then, I mean, it's, you know, some of the apps like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever, there are some statistics now that say young people, like teenagers, for example, like 50% of them feel that they're addicted, like actually addicted to their phones. And something like almost 80% of people say that they check their phone at least hourly, which there's probably some people that do a lot more than that. So if you think about it, that really is a true addiction. You're, you can never really turn off. You're always seeing the world through someone else's eyes. So you're being sort of fed information, whether it's from a news channel or you're watching somebody on Instagram or TikTok or whatever. And so you're imagining, you're comparing yourself to them, which harms self-image, you get a lot of the fear of missing out because you feel like everyone else is doing all these great things and you're not. And so your self-esteem can really decrease. It also makes us, it, it isolates us to a certain extent. You know, we're not having true conversations with people. We're just sort of viewing. And also it can lead to things like being more sedentary. I mean, think about it. It used to be the TV, right? Everyone sat in front of the TV and didn't go outside and play or, or exercise. And now it's like, oh, well, let me just you know, scroll through this. And before you know it, it's like three hours has gone by and you're sitting or you're it's before bed and you're scrolling before bed. And that is what you, that's the last thing you see before you, you know, before you hit the pillow. So it's really in some ways very, it's, it it has in some ways isolated us and increased anxiety and worsening self-esteem for some people. So I would say, even though it's a great technology, there's a lot of there's a lot of negativity around it. So, yeah. And there's a few things that came to mind when you were sharing all that. And one is you said like it used to be kind of everyone kind of sitting around the TV, right? Now it's now I imagine it's even like the whole family sitting around the TV with everyone also looking at their phones and no one even looking at the TV, right? Like the TV being on, but everyone is is on their own individual phones as well. And then the other another thing I thought of was also, you know, we we're talking about kind of the the addictive nature of this, right? And and I think just for our listeners, I mean, even imagine like how do you feel when you don't have your phone around you, right? Or how do you feel when you feel like there, there is a, your a phone at home, right? Yeah, they've actually, they've done some studies again with, I think, college students and forced them to leave their cell phone. I think it was for less than 24 hours. And initially they had a true sense of anxiety, like, you know, like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Because they're so used to having it. It's almost become like an appendage. But what's interesting is the further you get away from that, it's like a lot of addictions, right? There's an, there's a withdrawal and an anxiety and this heightened thinking about it. But then if you give yourself some time away, you realize, oh my God, like the world still goes on. Like 
I can, I, you know, it actually sort of heightens your ability to communicate with people and look around and be present. You can't really do that if you're just looking into a screen all the time. So I think that it is, it is hard. And so, you know, the digital detox can be a challenge for people, but I think when people do it, they realize that there's so much calm on the other side. Yeah, exactly. I mean, as you're sharing that, I'm thinking of a client that I worked with recently who shared an exact same story that he was leaving the house and forgot his phone at home, but didn't realize it until he was already at his destination. And at first was like worried, kind of panicking, right? Like just focused on that, right? His attention and awareness was focused on that. And then it was like, well, what can I do? I'm here. And he kind of just settled into the present moment and just really enjoyed it. And he was like, I felt like a different sort of peace and calm. Right. But there was that initial period of like worry and almost like panic, you know, another really interesting thing that I thought that you shared earlier too, was that when we spend this much time engaging in digital media, we're seeing the world through other people's eyes. I thought that was really powerful that you shared that. And also, you know, you were on a few weeks ago sharing a little bit about your personal self-care journey where we talked about meditation, which is all about cultivating your own self-awareness, tuning into yourself, getting that clarity within yourself. And then I'm just thinking kind of almost contrasting these two situations of like meditation and, and what we were talking about in your in the prior episode that you were on of cultivating that self-awareness. And then when we are exposing ourselves to and engaging in the use of digital media, we are doing the exact opposite of that. We are seeing the world through other people's eyes, which affects perhaps your perspective on the world, right? It also leads to a lot of things that you mentioned, FOMO, fear of missing out, comparison. It can affect your Mm -hmm. self-esteem and all of that. So I thought that was a really interesting Point as well. And it really struck me when you shared it in that way as well. So for someone who is resonating with this and is like, yes, that is me. I get anxious when my phone isn't around. At the same time, this idea of feeling peace and calm and not feeling like I am atta- have to be attached to my phone. This idea really intrigues me. It interests me. I want to try this out. How would you suggest that they start? You said that you've advise this for many of your patients? Like how do you advise that they start? How do we get started? I would say again, allow yourself not to make excuses of like, oh, I need to have my phone because someone might call me. You know, I don't know. I grew up in an age where that expectation didn't exist. You know, if someone called your your phone, it was attached to the wall in your house and you just weren't there. And they would be like, oh wait, they'll get back to me. Right. And so to allow yourself to believe that it will be okay and you will be okay if you are separated from your phone for a few hours. And so maybe start with just a few hours, like, you know, maybe leave yourself your your phone at home and say, I'm gonna go shopping or I'm gonna go to the grocery store. I'm gonna go, you know, whatever. I'm gonna go meet a friend. That's a really great thing to do is say like, I'm gonna meet a friend. We're gonna go to a coffee shop or we're gonna go to the movies and give yourself like maybe a few hours and allow yourself to really sort of go, okay, I'm present. I'm talking to my friend. We're having a conversation. I'm having my own thoughts. These are unencumbered by, by digital messages. And that might just be like your baby steps, but I really truly recommend that people then attempt to do a full day or even like a weekend, like 48 hours. So you can build up to it. Say like, even inform your friends and family, 
I am taking a digital detox. I will not be watching news. I will not be on apps. And I've seen actually influencers, right? On certain, say Instagram, say I'm, I'm not going to be around. I'm taking a break for a while because it is very, even for people who practice this a lot, who are on social media, you know, even as part of their job, they need to take a break because they see it, that it's really intrusive in their life. And so give yourself the challenge again, and maybe just do start with a few hours and then build up to a full day or maybe a full weekend and then make it part of your life. So it could be every four weeks, every six weeks, whatever, try to do that 24 hour sort of fast from digital media and, you know, or social media, whatever. And you'll really find that you look forward to it and you are calmer during that time. And I think being away from it also changes your perspective of like, well, how important is this in my life? Right? Yeah, absolutely. I find that, and I'll be curious just to see if you have any advice or tips on this. I find that if I'm, I'm speaking for myself here too, if I'm out of town or if I'm on vacation, I find it easier, right? Like I'm away from my home. I'm away from kind of all of the things that I usually do, my day-to-day routines, I'm in a different setting. And I think part of it's also, I know that I've set that time aside for myself in a new location. And so I want to be fully present and be there. So it seems, it feels a lot easier for me to be disconnected Mm -hmm. from technology and digital media when I'm literally away from my home. Much harder when I'm at home. Any advice, any tips for anyone else who may be? I think that's true because when you're at home during your workday, a lot of people will say, well, I have to use my phone or whatever for my work. Okay, I get that. But let's just say, let's pick a Saturday or Sunday say you don't work on those days. Challenge yourself. And it might be a little uncomfortable. For example, I mentioned going to the grocery store. So how many people go to the grocery store and actually are looking up recipes or looking things up when they're in the store, right? A lot. So challenge yourself to like write a list, like an old fashioned list, and then go in there and be okay with the fact that you can't look up how to make whatever meal you're going to make that night. The other thing is we're waiting like in the checkout line, right? Like, and oh, this is so boring. There have been studies showing that actually being bored is really helpful, especially for younger people, because it allows you to actually be more creative. You know, if you're never bored and you're constantly being stimulated, it doesn't leave a lot of room for like natural ideas and thoughts and simple daydreaming, which is really important for our brain health. So understand that it might be harder when you are at home also because you have these sort of in very ingrained behaviors, right? It's like a habit. Like you get up out of bed, you check your phone, you're having your coffee, your tea, you're looking at your phone while you're eating your breakfast. And so there's a lot more to disrupt because these are very habitual things we do. Whereas when you go on vacation, it's totally new. You're like, oh, I'm not going to look at my phone because I'm, I don't know, swimming or I'm lounging in a chair or I'm at a museum or something like that. So it is a little bit harder where when you're trying to carry out your normal day-to-day habits and yet you're doing it without this little helpful piece of technology. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And two things came to mind actually while you were sharing that. So that was really helpful. Thank you so much for sharing that. So two things that came to mind. One is, you know, we can often think, well, I need to have my phone because what if something happens, right? Like just for safety, but kind of in the example that you gave, like if you're going to the grocery store, if something does happen, everyone else around you has a cell phone. Like you can ask to borrow someone's phone. (laughs) You'll be okay. (laughs) (laughs) And the other thing that I thought of is because 
Actually, it's interesting. I, I was thinking to bring that up as well, but I didn't yet because I had heard of that similar thing as what you shared also about we live in an age now where, you know, when you're at the gas station pumping gas, when you're in the line for the grocery store, like you just pull out your phone, like these sort of mundane tasks in our day-to-day -day life where you might be like, well, I'm bored or this just feels awkward and uncomfortable to be standing here in line or whatever, whatever it might be, right? You just pull out your phone, but we used to not have that. And those were a lot of moments of kind of like, free space of allowing yourself to daydream and, and that enhances your creativity and all of that. Like I remember reading that a few years ago as well. And it had really stuck with me. And so one thing that I do now that I try to do is sometimes in those moments, right, where I feel this inclination, right, where I'm in one of those sort of situations, I'm in a waiting room or I'm in line somewhere and I feel this inclination because it is a habit, right? Like these, these technologies, I mean, we're built to be addictive and a lot of these apps as well, right? And so when I feel that inclination, sometimes I'll be like, no, like, do I really need to check that right now? No, for this few minutes that I'm in line, I'm going to not pull my phone out of my purse, you know? And just, so that could be another way maybe for our listeners to just test it out. And it's just like in those few moments, kind of like, and to do that, it is cultivating some of that self-awareness as well, right? Of, of noticing when you are feeling that inclination to pull your cell phone out, to open up that app and just kind of pause and be like, what am I seeking in doing that right now? What if I just gave myself these few minutes while I'm in line or this space, you know? Yeah. And I do think, as you said, there is a little discomfort to it because, you know, there is an addiction and it is brain chemistry like Obviously, there's books written about this, that this was designed the way, you know, sort of like a slot machine, right? That you, when you scroll, it's like something new and novel and that releases dopamine, which is one of our important neurotransmitters in our brain. But dopamine is the, I want to say it's, it's, it's involved in addiction, but it's also involved in motivation and pleasure. So it's a really important neurotransmitter. But when we are used to having that like ping, 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 ping from whatever it is we're doing, whatever we're looking at, if we don't have that, it's unsettling because it forces you to sort of go, okay, let me look around and try to get that same feeling of novelty and excitement with just the situation I'm in. And this is why you see people literally sitting around, they should be talking to each other over dinner or at a party and they're all staring into their phones because it's gotten to the point that they're not getting enough dopamine stimulation, right? When they're sitting around with their friends or their family at dinner, they have to have this secondary stimuli, which is, you know, over time is really messing with their brain. So yeah, I, it's, there is that little bit of discomfort. And so it's sort of like in Buddhist meditation, you have to sort of sit with the discomfort, right? Like yeah. you, gotta move, you have to like move through it because on the other side, I think you'll feel like you've gotten a better control, like literally better control over your brain and your nervous system. Yeah. Wonderful. So this has been such a fascinating conversation. I've really, really enjoyed it. And for our listeners, Dr. Mode and I both invite you to try this out. Send us a message. Let us know how it's going. And Dr. Mode, for anyone who wants to learn a little bit more about the work that you do, where can they find you? So to find out more about my clinical work and who I work with and how they can work with me as a client uh, or patient, they can go to my website, which is www.modecenter.com. And I see people in person in Norfolk, Virginia, and also remotely in Virginia and a few other states. 
And if they're just interested in finding a little bit more about what I, what I'm interested in, my, you know, what I educate people on, they can go to my Instagram account, which is the one that I'm, I, I try to keep it simple. So <laughs> that's mostly where I hang out and it's Dr. Heather Moday. And that's where they can also direct message me if they have any questions. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being here, for sharing your insights and wisdom. Thanks. This was really fun. We'll definitely have to do this again. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave a positive review, and share this episode with someone you know. And remember, your free guide, Six Simple Yet Powerful Steps to Create Your Radiant Life, is waiting for you at radiantlivinginstitute.com. Download it today.